Hi, welcome to another episode of the Hot Ball with me, Eamon Fennell, courtesy of AIG and Dublin GEA. On this episode, we're going to be talking to my former club teammate, Mikey Carrington, who also had a 12-year career with the Dublin Hurlers. We're going to look back at his time being an underage star, how he was coming into the setup, and then how he had such a successful career with Dublin over such a long time span as well. Plus a few more bits as well. So hope you enjoy it. Hi Mick, welcome to the hot ball with AIG and Dublin GAA. Great to see you. Firstly and foremost, how are you keeping? I know you are uh, hit with the coronavirus there, but you look well. Hair cut aside now, but you're you seem to be doing well there. Yeah, great Emil. Good to see you as well, buddy. Uh, yeah, I feel good. It's great to be out. Back working and back to some form of normality. Um, yeah, I've recovered well. I, I didn't know when I left the hospital, they weren't sure if I might have some like scarring in my lungs or I don't feel anything. And I went back training for the last week or two, but I think I was a bit gassed, but I think that's just my own fitness levels at the moment. So I'll find out in a few more weeks. <laughs> what people might not know is that me and you played midfield all the way through underage. Uh, but that was always the case that your fitness was crap and mine was unbelievable. Yeah. I, was, I was the box, the box, you were the ball winner. So. Yeah. And none of us could shoot. <laughs> well, you're, you're doing well, yeah, they, they were great memories. We had a great football team in Rose Hills. Like a really good football team there. Um, and I, I loved playing with it. And look, you had some hands. You used to catch it, hand it off. and I used now, you're, it. now you're strength, mate. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, we had a great partnership for a long time, and we actually won a few things, which was great with O'Till. So, uh, like that minor league football for me was one of my fondest memories, you know. So, um, I, I, I actually won the senior hurling championship and didn't didn't drink or anything because I wanted to win that that, that week. So, I, I actually I remember that really vividly, that the crack in the club and trying to step away from that when uh, like it was the first time god knows how long when they won it and then the atmosphere the hype the hysteria but then to actually the next day to go out and win the minor was just unbelievable and to have all the support there like that's a, a, a memory that kind of lasts for forever yeah. jer omara sent me yeah uh, it was like a remember we used to O'Toole's had the player profiles thing doing the, yeah. the newsletter it's just like a, a bio of myself and Jer and I had on a like ambition to win a club and county all Ireland. So I was lucky enough to do it. Just wasn't in an Otillo's jersey is the only thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. You check you check all for yourself and you you achieved them, you know. So um that's oh, it's brilliant, you know. That, that great memories like that around the club that time there was such a good buzz. I just didn't realise that'd be my only uh, senior hurling championship medal. <laughs> Like, I'm sure this I'm gonna win loads of them here. So, uh, you, four seasons, that was it. You you played from such a young age on like both inter county and club on the senior teams, but like even even like all the teams you've played for. Like, you, like when I was looking back on on Declan's, for instance, you went to school with Forsley, like it was Berno Nolly who's still playing for the Dublin Hoarders, uh, Lally. Wiggy, just loads of people that ended up playing inter county for Dublin and in, in Bocos. You just were like yeah. in that time, 
what was it like playing with all these people? Because there's about six different clubs feeding into into Declan's at that time. Yeah, look, Declan's is steeped in, in, in sports people, you know, that have, have went on to achieve great things. and um, Very lucky with the lads I grew up with. Like in Bridget's, we, we won a few things in primary school in Crow Park. And then so many of that team carried on to Declan's. And then we had huge success in Declan's. If we won hurling football titles all through my, my career there. But we were just blessed to who, who we had, you know. And you see, like, Berno... Berno hurled us back then and, you know, and, and hurled and football, we were so successful. And he wouldn't have been any way the footballer I would imagine in school. He just, within two years of leaving, he just blew up, you know. But to see how lads progressed throughout school and then leaving was, was brilliant. You know, I was very lucky to have that talent going through because other years you mightn't have it, you know. So, but what was always, it like? like being there, there's always been a double, loads of them players who have, have been at the Declans, you know. But what what was it like, like so? You know, like I, I mentioned, like Laddie was playing for Bridges at the time. Berna was Plunkett's, Nolly's uh, Bridges, Wiggy was Finbars. You had Peregrines, Euro Tools. Uh, I'm sure, there's a few more clubs in there as well. But like, did, did, what was it like going into school on a Monday? Like, was it just pure banter, like slagging one another about who won, who lost, who's in Division One, who's in Division Two? Absolutely, yeah. There was a. Uh... Like you're meeting, like you're training with these lads all week in school, and then there was you a crazy huge rivalry then between them clubs when you're playing with them, you know, just for bragging rights in school. <laughs> in school the next day, uh, yeah. I remember I remember being in doing my junior cert and I was playing minor football for for O'Toole's and playing against the likes of Lally and all, and there was absolute carnage in Bridget's two teams in more. I just remember all the O'Toole's lads saying, "Do you want us to ride to Declan's?" <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow will anyone say it in tears if no, no you're, you're a grand 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 that's what I love about Tills Amo you know they all looked after you no matter that's why it's such a great club they, they look after each other and look after all through my career you know, they, they, everyone looks after each other on the pitch and off it so it's one of my fondest memories but like even at that, there was still a few O'Toole's players that would have went to that school, and like as you said, like everyone played both codes. But it was also Declan's were really successful in, in soccer as well. I know you were a big soccer player on the Ray. I actually played against you when yeah. you were with Verona, and I was with Airfield, and uh, I still get slagged by some of the lads about we scored an overhead home goal, which is. I don't know how you do that, but anyway, I did it. But you, you, like, you were kind of good at everything. You were one of them little assholes that everything you put your hand to, you seem to be good at. Where here's me scoring overhead on goals, like you know. Well, I like it's more just I love sports. Like I didn't leave my house growing up without a hurl or football, and anything that I could play, I played. You know, um, if it was rugby and Declan's, I probably would have tried my hand on it. Don't know if it would have been any good. But I love playing sports, and the thing of this burning out, like I played so much at every level growing up, and it didn't. I loved it. I would have played more if there was more, to be honest. But um, I'm probably glad there wasn't because I feel it now in the last year or two, the injury wise, and the body's a bit sore and stiff. But I still wouldn't wouldn't have any regrets of playing it because it's what I love doing. And like back then, I remember my dad saying, just play as much as you can. <laughs> you know, like if you're enjoying it, play it. You know, I was never under, under any pressure to play any game. So 
Mick, I, I don't I'd actually know. If, show career. But I don't know if you could have played anymore because, like, underage, I remember you like, just say in around the minor time. So we would have played minor with uh, with the club about football hurling. Then you would have played twenty ones football hurling senior with the club football hurling senior with Dublin twenty ones with Dublin yeah. hurlers club uh, count uh, Dublin colleges hurling school. You, at soccer you played everything like I don't like, actually think you could have played for another team there wasn't enough hours in the day for you <laughs> they might have shown them we leaving Sarah's results a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, no look I, I loved I remember doing I remember playing in Crow Park against uh, Offaly in Championship and I had to go to school the next morning you know, to do my leaving cert and I had a physics exam but physics wasn't very high on my agenda <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I think I left Club M. I left Club M a bit late that night. Uh, no, look, I, I, I just there were great times, and I look back and they were all the black players I played against. I'm still great friends with so many of them, you know. And um, we um, it helped being successful as well because we, were, we I was lucky enough to win a lot of things throughout my school career. So I had that mentality then that I wanted to win more, and with Dublin it was a bit hard then. And he, because we weren't, you know, it was a little frustrating. It was very frustrating, to be honest. Um, but did so you, we stuck at it. But did you ever get feel like burnout, Mick? Did, did you ever playing with all them teams and like you were always earmarked for success? Uh, from a, I remember like 15, 16, senior hurlers were looking for you. Dublin, and you were you were looking for you. Did you ever feel pressures, or did you ever feel like you were burnt out, or did you just? As you've kind of pointed out, just enjoy going out and playing. No, I loved it, Amo. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and if I did feel pressure, like um, I have a strong enough personality that if I felt pressure, I'd stop. I really would. Like uh, unless I didn't play for Dublin because of it's a Dublin thing and people. I loved playing for Dublin. I loved it. And when I didn't enjoy it, I stopped playing. You know, and um, about twenty four, twenty five, I started. I remember getting a little bit tired and. I was playing senior football and we called it a day because with the club. Because I just, when you had that weekend off, that, that just that time alone, and there was a football match, I started to dread it. And then I said, no, like I loved it up until then. But that, that was a time when I said to myself, I can't keep this up because I'm going to start picking up a few injuries. And, and I wasn't enjoying it. So I cut football, cut football out with the club, which wasn't easy because you sort of feel like you're, you're leaving them hanging a small bit because you know the tools. We have to play both codes to have a team, really, and, and try and be successful. So um, that was a tough decision to make, but it was one I made. And I think it stood, in, it stood for me then throughout my later career where I could play on a bit longer, injury-free anyway. You, you had a long career with Dublin as well. I don't know, it was 13 years in a, in a, in a Dublin jersey, which is phenomenal when you think about it. And as you kind of said, you, you were lucky enough not to pick up loads of injuries when... Like I talked to Jer O'Mara, like Jer was an unbelievable talent underage again, played Dublin senior football, Dublin senior hurling, uh, under 21s with Dublin one, the Leinster with Dublin minors, and then just like body broke down and kept breaking down and kept crashing. And like I've seen that with a lot of players as well. Like I've seen that with coaching when I was working in uh, Finbars, you know, yeah, all these players, they just fantastic talent underage and then the man's come on top of them pressures come on top of them and all builds up builds up till that crescendo where it all just comes crashing down but 
like you were kind of smart in a way, and I, I don't mean this as a slag, so please don't take it. But you were uh, used to mind yourself a bit more in training. Like you didn't need to bust the gut in every training session because you were playing so many matches. Your fitness was there, and you you obviously had natural ability. Like, did, did you see that as just was that something that just you were like back then thinking ahead of yourself and saying, okay, I don't need to be making these stupid runs in a training session. I just hold back a bit. Was was that your thought process, or were you just like the lazy trainer? <laughs> lazy <laughs> no I'll be perfectly honest saying we're like I hated ice baths never did them Re- like refused to do them at Dublin honestly like I all that sort of stuff where I've seen people looking for longevity I loved I loved training I loved training matches like I didn't like doing crazy runs I never liked it I thought to myself if I'm fit enough come the weekend and I'm, no one's burning me in training I'm not going to be like doing extra stuff on my day. And I just didn't, like, I'm being perfectly honest, like, I just loved, I loved hurling, I loved that aspect of it. I didn't love training. I remember my first, uh, I never lifted a weight with tools. <laughs> and it was a wake-up call when I went to Dublin because my first senior senior year in the gym, and I'm under a bench press, I've never bench pressed before in my life. And I hadn't put the rings on either side. <laughs> Like, ours, so I lift it up, they fall off one side, they fall off the other, and I'm left there at <laughs> the bar. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm only new on this team. This is so embarrassing. But, like, weight-wise and all, I just, I, I did a bit in the gym, but I, for, for me, it was more being out on the pitch and, and enjoying it. But it's worked because I was able to play, have a long career with Dublin, and I'm not in too bad a shape, like, leg-wise and cramp-wise now, like, so... A lot of bit of weight, but <laughs> but soreness and, soreness and all, no. So, like, I don't know, it's worked for me. You know, I know people are fanatical about it, and if it works for you, it does. But for me, I just loved out hurling. I didn't really like the, the, the parts where you have to go running on your own and, and doing all that. I like, probably kept it to the minimum to minimum requirements. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I, I think I'm on the other side of the coin there and that because when I, when I got called on to the Dublin team, I was very similar. I, I never lifted a weight. And then I walk into a gym with Kieran Whelan, Darren Holman, uh, John McGee, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my God, that's the level I have to get to in terms of size and strength. And I probably did too much too soon without any base, without any real work done in terms of technique. And I put a lot, a lot of that down to just me having a prong cracker body now. I'm just constantly breaking down with injuries. And... Uh, and it's funny, I listened to the Peter Crouch podcast and he put, he says that as well. Like he was like, I didn't need to be in the gym. Like I knew if I was playing football and if I was doing it well and I wasn't getting injured, I didn't need to do anything that would like upset that routine. Like, you know, so we just paired back from yeah. it. But I, in this day and age, I think we come, and I'm again, I'm guilty of it. We come obsessed with strength and conditioning and just like, I could send a message now in a WhatsApp group to the lads in the club and say, does anyone want to go to the gym when, when restrictions lift? And I'd get about 10 people saying, yeah, come on, we go. If I said, you want to get a bag of balls and kick it around, you might get three or four. Like, you know, it, it's just weird yeah. how that shift has happened. Um, yeah, like I, I kind of, like when you were coming into the panel then, I was looking at it, you were kind of lucky in some ways though. Because there was about, I think there was about ten people from O'Tills on the Dublin Senior Panel at that time, so it must have been easy yeah. to move into it. Like you know, it wasn't you're, you're going into a big setup where you don't know the lads. You must have felt that ease going straight into it. 
yeah, it was a real big Northside uh, majority as well. Like, so we knew all the Kieran's lads, and so like between O'Toole's, Kieran's, Vincent's, like, took up most of the panel at that stage, you know. And of course, you're dragged. Come on, back back of the bus or <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> and uh, no, but at the other side, like now, it's panels are so young. Like there's young lads coming through at that stage. I the year ahead of me was quite strong. It was really good hurlers. And I think myself and Rowan and Fallon were the only two to make it then from, from my minor team up for a while. So we had about eight young lads, but then it was stacked like to late 20s. You know, it was a quite an old team. So it was different in that sense, you know, but I was quite lucky that lads, it was, that was actually, that first year I played, it was a great team. It was a great hurling team. Um, we won the Welsh Cup that year. There was great camaraderie and banter there, you know, but... As I said, it was, I suppose, a lot of lads in their late 20s and a lot of them left quite soon after, you know, they didn't, they weren't there for much longer. I, I actually remember that was Cup game. I think it was one of Keeney's best ever games I've, I've seen him play and just yeah. that day. Uh, it was one of them games where you kind of like, there were so many people, uh, the atmosphere was amazing for, for a was Cup game. You, you, you'd never get that again, like, you know. No, and plus that was some to Kenny team, like 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 thirteen that, that starting team that they won the All Ireland year before, you know, and like DJ Carey and Charity Card, like there was, it was a serious team and in Parnell Park and the place was packed and I remember so well clearly because I came on with 20, 20, 25 minutes to go and I wouldn't normally get too nervous, but I was really nervous <laughs> coming on that day, you know, because you're coming on, we're winning and I was there. You better you better add something to this and you come onto the pitch, you know. And <laughs> Thank God I got on a few balls and did well, but uh, that was great. That was great just to get that bit of silverware. And I thought we would have pushed on from there, but it took it took a lot longer than I thought. What 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 was the reason why it took so long? Because you, you, I I know looking back in any setup back then, you know things have come on so much, but you know there was some really good players in that in that Dublin team and some great underage players coming through. So you had the mix of young and old experience and, and just energy. What was the reason why you just didn't push on that extra bit? I think it was belief, Amor. Like, I think a lot of, of Dublin's downfall has been down to belief, you know. And it's sort of like the Mayo thing where you just, they cut, you get so far and not any further. I think, I think if Dublin managed to win all Ireland, I think they could push on and win loads, you know. And, something that was always said about Mayo like um, in the football because uh, we had great teams and then it was also managers like good five different managers in my career you just hadn't got that consistency you know where you can a manager's going to bring you so far like so for the first six years three different managers in you know and uh, it just things changed too much in the panel and the setup and there was no real instruction there to carry on so everything changed every time a new manager came in and players were in and out all the time until you got that successful underage team to their mid-twenties. And then things started to take a bit of a turn and that belief started to be there because lads are winning stuff underage. I think the development squads were huge for Dublin Hurl. And they worked because you can see where it's, where it's after coming, you know. Hopefully it keeps improving. But it, like, on, on that team as well, there was a lot of players, sorry, there was a lot of players who were so good at both codes. And I mean that like from club county and uh, so the demands and uh, uh, like when you see uh, as a player when you see the likes of Keeney, Dotsie, 
you know, kind of one foot in the door with the hurlers and one foot in the door with the footballers. Did that ever unsettle things, like, you know, to know that you haven't got the best of the players because they're kind of, they're in between both codes? Or was that ever talked about? Or did you you even care? Yeah, I think the media pushed that more than players would. Like, you know, in the dressing room, we were like, we have what we have. And sort of, they don't want to be here, but then you don't want them there, you know? I think the media will always say what will like what would Kieran Kenny be like if if, if Dublin joined. But hurling's such so different. I think you have to be hurling consistently well with your club, and you can't just switch it on. Like Dermot Connolly and, and Kieran are great hurlers. But you can see when they go back to club that they they struggle a little bit to get back up to that pace because standards always rising. So, um, now as a team, we we never sort of said, oh, we haven't got dots here, we haven't got Connell. Uh, and that's an excuse to not be hurling because we still should have been hurling and beating teams more than we were, you know. So I, I definitely it was definitely belief because we had we had decent teams back then to be to be winning games, and then we were getting hammered every time we met Kenny, and and we shouldn't have been like we shouldn't have they shouldn't have been that deficit there because we weren't that far behind. But we were, I remember being beaten with twenty five points by the Monday, and it was just sick, and it, it was just the norm back then, you know, like. Oh, it's Kenny. It's not, it's not fucking good enough, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was eating them underage, you know. So is there not this? Like we can beat them. No, it was probably the best Kenny team that ever lived all through my career. <laughs> 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 I had we had days where we were close, and I, I was lucky enough to beat them as well. So, um, but like, how did that happen in two thousand and eleven? Like, what did Dalo bring? Did he just bring that belief, or did he change everything? Well, 2011 was a tough one for me because 2010, I had quite a few injuries for the first time ever in my career. And at the end of 2010, I, I wasn't enjoying it, wasn't enjoying training. I actually had come back that year and planned a bit of weight. I remember that the, the, for the first time ever, now, I wouldn't care about my diet. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I came back after pre-season and one of the selectors said, Jesus, you had a good, good, good winter. <laughs> thinking to myself oh for god's sake yeah, and yeah. it was probably right because I picked up injuries and I never had before and I didn't enjoy the year and at the end of that year I said I rang Davey and said I, I don't want to I'm, I'm not coming out for 2011 and and we had a chat about it and he said look okay and then they went on and won the league and I wasn't there you know <laughs> I was in Crow Park supporting them and you know it was one of them I was roaring my head off in the stand and when the whistle went I went oh, what did I do <laughs> I should have enjoyed myself so much in the winter. Exactly, you know, and that's just like I always had a great metabolism, and I never looked after what I ate, and I was always a whippet. So you knew you paid with me all, and it's just at that twenty-five, around that age, obviously my metabolism started slowing down. I shouldn't have kept eating what I was, and uh, it was it was a it was a shock to the system. But but in the same time, with that club that year, I hurled brilliantly in the championship, and. I got myself injury free. I hadn't picked up an injury all year. The previous year, I did my hamstring four times, and I never probably dealt with it properly because I never had a hamstring. Injury. I never had really injuries before, and I was probably going back too early. And I kept pulling it on both legs. So the next year, I did loads of work myself, um, got got my body right, and had a great year and great championship. And Dalo was at. We were playing Jude's in Saint Anne's. And I think I think I had a had a good game. I scored about seven, six, seven points in play, and he rang me that night to come back for a championship in 2011. And I didn't hesitate. I just said, "Yeah, I'm there." So 
arrived at training then that week and I got a bit of stick off all the lads because I would have known them all really well. And uh, but I never looked back. I never looked back then. I had I played the championship that year and we were we were beating in the semi final of the All Ireland. But it was a great year. It was a great year, and I think it was the right decision for me because I got myself right. And as I said, if I wasn't enjoying it, I didn't want to be there. I really didn't because training wise, you know, it's, it's relentless. And if you're not enjoying it, you can't do it. For me, I couldn't do it anyway. So, Pat, I might have a different answer when I ask him about Dalo. But, uh, like, you never really had injuries. And, like, in, in some ways, I, I've had loads of them. I've had too many. I've had probably enough for me and you. But it's also given me a bit of discipline to know that when I do get an injury, that I know what I have to do to, to go through the process yeah. of getting it right. And was that something that really shocked you a bit? Like, you know, because I've talked to a good few players over the years about this. And when you start getting injuries, you're going from being around the team to being in the gym by yourself and having to do the rehab work by yourself and, and not necessarily being involved in match days, not necessarily being involved around some of the bigger conversations that are happening. And it can be tough and it can, it can hit your morale and it can hit your confidence. And I've seen a lot of players that have just fallen to, by the wayside because of them pressures and because they try to over push it then to try and get the fitness levels. And again, I've been guilty of it. Was that something that really affected you mentally as well? Just getting that like roll of injuries just coming at the one time because you never really had them before? Yeah, I, I didn't know how to deal with them, to be honest with you. I was frustrated and I kept coming back too early and I was like, oh, this is... And it, and it accumulated in me not coming back the following year, you know, at the start of the year because yeah. it affected me that much. But I learned from it and I said to myself, if I ever get through that again, I'm, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm going to look after myself and make sure I'm ready before I go back and trust the physios. You know, like, and before it was probably too headstrong and saying, I'm ready, I'm going back, I'm not listening to anybody. And it didn't, didn't work for me, you know, and I learned from it. And, it also helped me watching the lads play because I said to myself, I, I, I never get too nervous. I love playing hurling. The bigger the occasion, the better. didn't really bother me who you'd mark or anything. But I think that year off helped me because you're watching games and saying, if I ever get back there, I'm going to enjoy every minute of it rather than let the nerves get the better of you or worry about this and worry about what people think. And like you're out there, you're doing your best. Everyone's doing their best and you're going to have good days or bad days. And I remember being in dressing rooms where lads are vomiting before games and nerves really got to them. They'd go out and play well, but like I can't imagine how you'd enjoy that, you know? Yeah. So, like, mentally, really I, I, I straightened up, you know, because I said to myself, like, it's about enjoying yourself out here. You want to win at all costs and you're sick if you lose, but I wouldn't let it get on top of me too much, to be honest with you. That helped, that helped that year. And did they look kind of... Uh make that easy because when, when I was around the team uh, like that that was the year really when the, the partnership between the horses and footballs I thought there was a bit more unity it wasn't us and them it was a bit more combined uh, and I think sponsorship deal and all that yeah. kind of stuff helped but I remember the lads just like having the crack like bouncing off daily giving them loads of abuse I remember Naudi slagging them one day and I was like can, can you say yeah. that to him? And he goes, yes, sir. And he says, worse than me. So, uh, but like, it looked like uh, everyone was just loving life. They were loving the setup. They were just happy to be around one another. And it didn't seem like there was any pressures. Like, the, you know, uh, 
from from football point of view, you kind of feel like you're under the spotlight a bit. But I think Dalo just made everyone just feel at ease, like just with the atmosphere that he created. Was that something that fed into the players? Yeah, oh, he was brilliant, Dalo. Like Dalo's man management is second to none. You know, he makes you makes you feel important. But he'll have his arm around you and tell you you've had a great game. But at the same time. <laughs> He go through you if you're not putting the work in or, or you're not doing something right. You know he has both sides to him. And like I remember one league campaign, we, I, I hurled really well, really well, and we were meeting in Port Marnock for a training session. He called me up and goes, "Are you putting 100 percent in?" And I was there. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, "I don't know. I think there's more in you." And I was thinking to myself, "We hurled great here in the league." And, and it was just a little kick up the arse that like, I, was, I thought I was doing well. Yeah. And he probably knew I was doing well, but it's just, what else can I get out of you? you know? And I was talking to the lads saying, he's after saying that to me. And, you know, like, it's just them little things. Them, they get the best out of you, you know? And he had that way about him as well of letting you know just, there's a bit more in you. Um, great motivator, you know? It was real, get them into the gates of Parnell, lock the door, and one, one fucking team leaves, you know? And that, it was just, he was brilliant at that, you know? And, um, I think he got the best out of the likes of Ryan O'Dwyer as well. As you said, like his man management, he seemed to know what made players tick. And from talking to a few of the lads, like you know, he would have to throw his arm around a few of them, but you could have a bit of crack with others. But then, like you know, you have them strong personalities in the dressing rooms, the like Anoli, the likes of uh, Ryan O'Dwyer. But like he worked with them, he bounced off them and created a bit of crack with them, like you know where. You know, managers can kind of look at that and kind of say, I know they're too much of a character to have around it, they won't take it seriously, and and kind of can villainize them and demonize them players. But you know, when you have that, you know, I think it's a huge quality to have to have that where you can bring everyone. Yeah, for me, you see see the strengths in people, Amos. So, like, them, them lads that you speak about there, they bring teams together because the crack. Like, lads want them around because it makes training easier. It makes journeys easier. It makes training camps easier. When there's a bit of slagging going on and he knew how important them lads were to a panel, you know? And if they're not there, it's all very serious and mundane and I don't know how much people would enjoy it all, you know? And plus, he loved the crack. And he had some characters on his Clare team. He was one of them characters, you know? <laughs> so, uh, he loved that side of things. But, like, I remember at the back of the bus one day, we used to have, like, soccer quizzes and a bit of crack just to make the trip less less annoying. Like, I think we're going to Galway and um, we have a soccer quiz and someone roared Berbatov as an answer and he he Dalo lost the black fucking Berbatov shut, shut your mouths back there and we were all like a bit stunned on the back of the bus <laughs> too, much, too much crack and, and at times you can have too much you know and we didn't play well that day and I suppose we learned a lesson just to have that bit more focus Early, early on the bus is grand, but once we yeah. get anywhere close, do your research on the soccer before the journey. <laughs> uh, but like, Mick, from then, like from two thousand and eleven, I think everyone was kind of gone. This is it, going to kick on. Like you know, really good, really good year. And I kind of stopped and started. And two thousand thirteen was good, but like. You like you talked about the development squads, all them players coming through, coming up underage, and you started to see more kids poking around, bringing their hurls and uh, slitters down to the club, down to the to county games. Like you know, 
it's, it felt like the t- like that sleeping joint was being awoken and the tide was turning. And I really thought Dale was the man to get it there. Like, what do you put that down to? I know it's hard to kind of pinpoint it to one thing. Was it was it still belief at now you're ten years on? Yeah, definitely. Um, like 2013 was, un- was unreal, and I don't see how we didn't we didn't actually we didn't actually hold well in 2013. We we got moment, momentum from the games, but early on that we played very poorly against Wexford. Should have been beaten the first day. Drew didn't play great the second day against them. Kilkenny we hurled well the first day, but again lacked the sort of belief to put them away. And the second day for the replay, I thought this is it now. We bet them. That's the monkey off the back. Like we know we can beat them, and no one's beat them in a replay. You know that's even bigger. Yeah. And then to go on and do what we did against Galway in Leicester final was unreal. And there was no eat. No one was reading ahead themselves. It was one game at a time. And Cork was a great hurling match. And look, it could have went either way. Could, really could have went either way. It was so close. Um, and that happened. So you don't really put said to yourself, look, we'll push on. And we didn't. We did an awful year. <laughs> you know, and we just don't know. Like, I don't know what happened. It's very hard to put your finger on it. And I think speaking to Anthony since it, like, he doesn't know either. Like, you know, all the work was done. All the prep was done. No one, I just, it's one of them things. It's definitely belief and it's still affecting Dublin Hurland because... You can see it when you have the favourites tag. We really struggled all through my career. Like you, you might be able to get it up for hard games and and all their favourites, and we bet a few of them. On, but we still struggled then holding that tag of favourites whenever we did. So for me, it's definitely a belief thing. You know, you have to be putting them teams away and put, beating them well and convincingly over and over again to get that confidence. And we and Dublin haven't been doing that. So that's something. Matty has to work on and the current Dublin team still have to work on. Hopefully they'll get over the line at some stage. Like you, you, you spoke about what you played for five, six managers, five managers. Um, there's still that transition. Like, you know, and I know 2015 was it was a, was a tough year for you, like having finished up the way you finished up. But like... Yeah. You, with your career, did you, do you have any regrets? Like, you know, you kind of... You, you missed out on some bits, but is there anything that you really go, oh, I wish I had done things differently then? No, I don't. Because you know, I'm quite like confident in myself. Really? Yeah. Decisions I made, like I, it was a horrible way to leave Dublin. Really horrible way. Like I hate, I hate it. It took me a long time to get over Not get over it, but a long time to enjoy watching Dublin again and support them. You know the Hurling family I'm from. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there would be 30 of my family going to every game, no matter where it was in Ireland. And they stopped going when I left. And it, it was really, really sad. I, I felt more for my family than I did for myself because it sort of ruined the Dublin experience, you know. But it's one of them things I had to do at the time. And I suppose that's the only thing I'd ever look back at that say, would people say I have regret about? And I don't, you know. Um, uh, it, it's the last two years I've been going to loads of games with mum and dad and loving it again. And, Thank God, but it did take two or three years of. I'm not going. I didn't go to many games. I didn't. I stepped away from it completely. I didn't really watch games on telly. Um, just because I loved playing with Dublin, I loved the dressing room more than anything. I loved the lads I played, but just left. It's just, it was, just a horrible taste in my mouth of how it all went, you know. And 
Um, mm. would, you, would, would you have played in a year or two? But that was my decision, and I, I didn't take it lightly at the time. I thought about it hard, long and hard before leaving. It wasn't an impulse thing, you know. It's just I thought that was the best thing for Dublin Hurling at the time, to be honest with you. And it might highlight some of the problems that went on. Unfortunately, they went on for another year or two after. <laughs> and yeah. Dublin, Dublin are still recovering, but... Um, yeah, the lads are there you now. I think it's a really good team, and hopefully, Maddie can you can uh, create something special there. Well, I think you touched on it throughout your your whole career. When when you say you're not enjoying it, you step away. Be that with senior football without tools. When you kind of had to start making decisions with with injuries, you know you're not enjoying it. So like. I don't think it was just a flash in the pan decision. It obviously sounds like it, it's something that you thought about. It's obviously something that you've done throughout your career. When when you're not enjoying it, you have that mental strength to be able to go, look, I'm not giving my all here. I, I can step away from it. Yeah. But, you, you know, I think one of the, I, I saw a beautiful tweet you posted about going to a game with your mum and dad. I think it might have been in Port Leash. Uh, Two hours before before the game with the sambos and the hip flap. Yeah. So it's good to see that they're no back enjoying. Yeah. No park, sorry. So it's good to see that they're they're back out enjoying it because your family have got a huge history and heritage with with, with GEA and hurling as well. So allowing to see that they're back out and you're bringing the kids, you're enjoying it yourself. Like yeah, like dad, dad hurled with them for fifteen years, you know. And- the friends, the friends he's made throughout his career, and he loves going to games. I only see that now that I'm with him because you, you can't get to the stand for about two hours before you talk to people. You know? Oh, you've had a house things. How's everything going? And, and I'd be standing beside him going, oh my God, the amount of people you know. And you also have a different perspective when you're in the stand. It's much harder because you get, you get animated. And I can only imagine the days I had bad days out there where people were beating me and he had to listen to people slagging me in the crowd, you know, and it's, it's tough, it's tough, but he, he wouldn't have it any other way, you know, <laughs> he wouldn't mind mixing it up in the crowd himself, so, <laughs> uh, he, he loves it and it does give you that perspective on things and I love going to the games room now and that's going to be something we'll do together for a long, long time, supporting Dublin, so I'm really looking forward to that aspect and then eventually bringing my kids when they're a bit older, so, that's why Dublin's so important, and my family are all loving going to the games again. So, um, I'm delighted that that chapter is done, and we can enjoy it again. You know, that's yeah. that's a big thing. You know, no, it, it is a huge thing, and, and I know your family, and I know how much it means to them to like to, to still see to go to the games and enjoy going to the games, and to to have the now the next phase of it with with, with your two coming through as well now. So, you know, I'm sure your dad will have a in their hand if he hasn't already done it very quickly and yeah you know, yeah I suppose like even Potter as well like you know there's still playing like you know it's it's great to see that over the few years like what was it 15 years in the Dublin jersey yeah you've seen so much you've been through so much change and, and you've adapted to every kind of setup and scenario that's been thrown at you with new managers coming in with their say and you've held a starting jersey for as long as you did and you know when, when you look back in your career after playing through so many different setups for playing with so many different players who was the best player that you played with over that time span um, tough one geez, that, it, it, it's very tough like that's, when I look back and players that put a smile in my face and said like 
I thought Brendan McLaughlin was one of my heroes growing up at the club and he thought he was a genius of a goalkeeper and skill and and when I won the when I won the Dublin Hurling Championship, he played outfield and player of the year. <laughs> and he's a goalkeeper. You know, like that's how that's how talented that man was, you know. And um, it was phenomenal. And I suppose the modern era would have been Keeney, Connell Keeney. Like we had a good relationship myself and Connell and it, it was more his influence on in the dressing room and he was so strong mentally and physically, you know. And um, when he was on the pitch, he always had that extra confidence that you were going to do well. He had that, that thing about him. So um, I'd have them two on the same same part, on this, which I'm being so important for Dublin Hurland, both players. So throughout my career, I'd have them two level pegging. I, I, I think they're both different in many ways, by the way. Oh, very different. <laughs> <laughs> I. I, I think people don't understand just how strong Keeney is. Like, he's an absolute tank. He's an animal. And it, it's nearly like flower strength. It's just natural. Like, you know, he's not really a big gym buff. You know, he does go to the gym, but no. he just has that natural strength that it can catch you off guard. I remember we, we were at a training session and uh, Aiden Downs was with Nafina at the time. And Keeney was Martin Keeney, yeah. And uh, Keeney just put his hand out and Downs ran right into it and just bounced off. And <laughs> I said, Ooh, that looks harsh. Uh, but yeah, I think Keeney was just a fantastic player. And as you said, Brendan, like he, he, still, tackles, he still tackles like a footballer in hurling. You know, it's the big arm because when we're playing matches and training, I'd mark Keeney, I don't know how many times. And we'd, we'd go crack, and he's quite similar to me. And, he doesn't like doing running when he doesn't have to. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's had such a long career himself. But like we marked her so well, and he wouldn't be running across the pitch nonstop for needless balls. He'll do it when he has to, you know, and, and he performs when he has to. So, um, and for the biggest days, he has his biggest performances. So maybe there's something there, you know. I don't know, but I, I just know him so well because we marked her for so long and training and, and played against her in championship for so long. So, and he was influence on, on Dublin Hurling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, he has. Uh, out of the current team, who who is like your favourite player that you enjoy watching at the moment in the current so? Uh, Danny Sutcliffe for Dublin. Um, the second I seen Danny Hall, I said to him that I said, I said to myself, he's going to be a future all star. Like, and he has that divilment in him. He <laughs> likes to mix it up. He likes to get in people's faces. He likes to. The, the talking on the pitch, he loves all of it, you know. And um, when I went back in 2011 for the championship, Danny came in with me actually, and we only played against each other for Jude's and O'Toole's a weeks, few weeks prior to that in championship. And he came in, so I knew Danny from the bat, from off the bat when he joined, and I just he had something special about him, you know. And he doesn't care who he's marking or how young he was; he just wanted to go out and, and get in people's faces and 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 hurl well and. I knew, I knew he'd, he'd be a huge influence for Dublin. I'm delighted to see he's be main captain there because he just has that thing about him. The same as Connell, when he's on the pitch, he thinks something is going to happen, and 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 he can drag a team behind him, you know. And so I, I think he'll go on, maybe to win another one or two All Stars, and hopefully push Dublin onto an All, an All Ireland. But he's a huge talent, and I just love his attitude. You know, he doesn't give a crap who he's playing against. I remember Dalo said to me one day, I think we were playing. We were coming up to an All-Ireland semi-final or quarter-final and he said, look, 
don't be going mental out there, you know. <laughs> you know, it was the week when I was marking Danny, and if you're marking Danny, there's not like I was dragging out of him, and <laughs> we are hitting each other. I think we nearly had a rail straight away off the bat because it's just that's the way he was. He, everything was a hundred miles an hour and in your face, and I wasn't going to let someone beat me. So <laughs> uh, that went out the window pretty sharpish, but um, yeah, I, I knew it was going to be good from the start. So definitely one to watch. Yeah, as you said, like the fact that he got captaincy at such a young age, uh, yeah. I think speaks volumes of him as well. Uh, I've always enjoyed watching him, and, and he's a bit of crack as well. Like you know, and I like that about bloke when you can have a bit of banter with him off the pitch as well as on it as well. And whatever happens on the pitch stays on the pitch, and he definitely has that development to build him. It's been strange catching up with you on Zoom. I won't lie, since we've grew up together, we spent so much time. I think I've played more matches with you in midfield than any other player ever. Uh, but it was actually really enjoyable because when I, when I started uh, when I started looking back on your career and everything that you've done, the success that you've had underage, the way you've handled yourself throughout the whole different regimes within Dublin, the uh, like response from your managers, like I've spoken to different managers you've played with over the years, and the fact that you've held that position for so long, like you know, and the history and heritage that you have in your family. You know, it's it's nice to look back and reminisce like this, and 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 talk about them points in more detail. Because now you're a need man after moving to Dunbar, I don't get to see you as much, and I'm thankful with haircuts like that. I don't get to see you right beside you. So, uh, yeah, look up. Hide the grey. <laughs> yeah, I need to do something with mine, and that's the next stage. Uh, well, look, I really enjoy catching up, Mick. Uh, thanks for taking us. To, thanks for taking the call. Yeah. No, I was really enjoyed it.